hello and welcome back to the one link podcast i am brad and joined by my good friend and co-host james james how are you doing today i'm good i'm armed and ready brad armed and ready all right let's do this (laughs) (laughs) sounds good well so we're kind of wrapping up our our end of our missions mobilization is interest in missions growing or shrinking um series uh so as we wrap that up today, you want to kind of kind of give us a recap of where we've been. Yeah, so we've uh, we had a couple episodes where it was uh, just you and I kind of sharing some thoughts. Uh, as you said earlier, when we were preparing, we were brilliant, of course. That's so right. No need to uh, no need to critique or evaluate those. No. Um, yeah, we we kind of kicked things off with a couple episodes talking about some statistics and reports and things like that, and then we went into some interviews, had some really good interviews, um, talked with a campus minister named Jenny, and uh, she shared kind of perspective from the campus scene. Uh, so I don't know if you had any takeaways from that one. Uh, I think I think you mentioned it. It just you know, reminding us why we work with college students, why that's such a a good target audience. And actually, I was chatting with another one of our partners in the last couple of weeks, and he was saying what he loved about it, he's specifically just thinking about evangelism is like, it's just this period of time, like I can go on campus and I can find people who have time to talk to me. You know, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not working a job, you don't have kids at home, you got to run back and take care of, like, it's just a great season of availability. Yeah, I think that was my takeaway as well. I just think the the campus crowd, the you said it, availability, teachability factor, the the fact that they're still figuring out where they're going to go long term. Just a you know, I, I, this may be somewhat self serving to <laughs> say it this way, but that's a great people group to mobilize. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, can't remember if it was actually on the episode or just some of our talking with her around there just she has a lot of dependence on prayer or like a lot of emphasis on prayer and i don't i don't think we can over emphasize that ever too much mm-hmm. so okay. after her then okay. we went to we went to your buddy ray mm-hmm. and he's mobilizing at the church level uh and also had served overseas for a number of years uh yeah i think there was uh, a couple of things that really struck out or stuck out to me i should say he made the statement, you know, I was talking about the three of us, yourself, myself, Ray. Um, we all are people who lived overseas for a good chunk of time. And there's, in our hearts, there's probably part of us that want to be overseas, but circumstances right now have us here. And so how can we believe that this is what, you know, with all the need out there in the world, this is what's best for us. This is, you know, God's plan for us, all these kind of things. And his statement of, well, by faith, I believe it, even though I don't feel it all the time. I, I believe it by faith. And I think that's, yes, you and I are always going to be banging the drum of let's get people to the nations. Uh, that we, there's probably the most unmet need out there, I really believe, is for people to go and live among these unreached people groups, learn language, share the gospel. Uh, so we're always going to be promoting that and talking about that. But we we trust in God's sovereign planning, and so in mobilization, we have to kind of keep that in the back of our mind: is that we're we're coming alongside God's plan. We're not creating plans for people. <laughs> we don't have a wonderful plan for anyone's life. The Lord does, and we're um, we're just out there speaking truth about the need and and the gospel and the Great Commission, and letting God 
build those plans and and carry out those plans in people's lives. Yeah. So that that spoke to me um, and was yeah. a good reminder. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably true of a lot of our alumni that listen to this as well. You know that that you have this question of like like God, I'm willing. Like, why have you not sent me? You know, or why do I have these things? And I feel that way. <laughs> I even mm-hmm. last couple of weeks I've had back issues, and I'm like thinking like you know like would I ever be able to go overseas again? And you know that's not it's not what I want. But I say this sometimes when I'm speaking to people. You know, like God's a king, and he he marshals his soldiers where he wants and. I think the key is okay. So if I if I'm here, then what can I be doing here? Uh, what can I be doing here for the nations? What can I be doing here just for the local church here, for the lost, you know, right here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was a really good point. What else did you grab out of his? Well, he made another comment that uh, you know we can't basically. I don't know if this this was his words, but it's my summary. We can't outsource the Great Commission. That, uh, you know, you'll hear people say, well, let's just send our money. You know, the local worker in that country can do it much better um, or cheaper or, you know, let's just let's mobilize people from other nations. And and obviously I'm for both of those things. But I think if we don't actively stay involved and actively go to the nations, then we will lose any kind of desire to even send the money or do other things, you know, that, that involvement keeps us, uh, not just in some token way, you know, like, oh, we're, we still love those people, but really keeps us a part of God's work. God isn't limited by, you know, needing, well, we better really be efficient. We better really make sure we do it this way, or he can't work, you know, sending Americans, is, it's less efficient because our plane tickets cost more than, I don't think God's, overly concerned about that kind of thing i mean we you know there's always need to be good stewards but he's much more involved in his, or interested in his glory as he uses people from all over the world mm-hmm. to reach nations so nations reaching nations including americans reaching nations so i think we can't uh we can't lose sight of the importance of us being involved yeah i think so i was just thinking about my time overseas and like the different nations that God had brought there. And so there was, you know, there was a, a people group right across the border in a more open country. And so they would come over and they had like, you know, it's like us in Canada or us in, us in England or something in terms of linguistically, they were there, you know, they could, they could do it, but they didn't have a ton of uh, missiological training. The majority of them, you know, I don't know that would have ever got a, a Bible translated, you know, like they didn't, they didn't have that long-term strategic thinking maybe that we tend to do more. And then like we had Koreans there and they were awesome because they studied like crazy and linguistically their language was closer. And so uh, they actually did a lot of the, of the Bible translation, which was, which was huge, you know, and you had all these different groups that God was sending in and, and using. And so, you know, I think it's key that we're, you know, that we're being strategic, you know, and, and I, I think the question, you know, of where do we use our resources? Where should we put, you know, our, for us, our teams, for, for organizations or churches, where should we put our people that needs to be strategically done? Um, but yeah, we definitely can't outsource obedience. Like, well, we're not going to do this. We'll just pay you to, to do it. But at the same yeah, time, it's a sli- slippery slope in my yeah, opinion. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. 
and, and the other is also true of, of thinking like, okay, well, like I'm a, I'm a first class missionary and these other, they don't have the training I have. So they're a second class, you know, they don't, you know, that's also a, a false, a false statement. And, uh, and in the perfect world, all, all of them blend together perfectly. And that also doesn't quite usually work out, but God still advances his purposes through our, yeah, he works in the mess. We're yes. It's going to be messy if people are involved <laughs> in it. Missions is no exception. Uh-huh. Uh, so we shouldn't be shocked that there's, you know, people who don't get along or some, you know, some things that come up, somebody comes home. It's it's going to be part of it, but we try to be faithful and we try to move forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anything else out of Ray's interviews stick out to you? I just like Ray. Can that is that allowed to be a summary point? <laughs> he's, I, he's one of my favorite people, and just so challenged by his faithfulness. I mean, he he was someone who really thrived, really loved the people where we were, and and for a number of reasons, uh, or one one in particular with health, it had to come back, and has worked and worked to have a a, a great attitude about that, and to really be fully present here, and and um. I just think so admirable his his faithfulness really a, a model of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of other things that struck me out of him. One, like, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's older than you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like there's still fifties in his fifties. Okay, yeah. like there's still fire in his bones. You know, like there's no mm-hmm. like I'm coasting to retirement. You know, I'm thinking about how I'm going to spend out my glory days or whatever, but it's like, oh, if I could go back, you know, like I would go now. And you and I both know going back involves some sacrifice. I also really liked what he said about a personal invitation, like when you personally invite someone to come. And I think that's true. You know, that's true with the gospel, the good news, when we personally invite someone to, to learn about Jesus and believe in him. And when we personally invite people, hey, why don't you come? put in an application. Why don't you come on this mission trip with me? Why don't you like, that's, that's really powerful. And then the other thing, and I thought this was brilliant was his thing about having a missions mentor, you know, like when somebody expresses interest, like don't let it die, but you know, assign somebody to water it. Even if they don't know, even if they don't know a a ton about missions and maybe they've never been overseas, but they can still mentor How's it going? Can I help you get some resources? Can we pray with you? Are you still thinking about that? You know, have you planned out your summers in college so that you can spend a couple of those overseas? You know, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, he's a great guy. Enjoyed that time with him. And I, you're you're lucky to have got to work with him from what I can tell. Yeah. He lives just down the street from you. I know. So you guys should get together. I should. I should. And then we had an interview with Steve. His was a little different uh, take take than some of the others, just because he spent, you know, a lot of the the talk there was about mobilizing other nations. What stood out to you out of that? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I think the idea of mobilizing other nations really, as he was saying, was is untapped, not untapped, but um, maybe underemphasized uh, part of missions mobilization. And uh, you know, I think as he said, there's a lot more non-Americans out there in the world, a lot more global South that is the term that's used missiologically a lot. And so there's a lot of believers there. So I I think that's a good reminder. Sometimes it's hard to know where, certainly our organization is focused on 
American college students. Now, not that we couldn't mobilize mm -hmm. non-Americans, but that's kind of where our current relationships and opportunities are. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to think, how could we be a part of that? But I think there may be ways that may be worth something, something to keep in front of us as we go forward. Could we be a part of mobilizing college students in other places? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was challenging. I think one thing we have to keep in mind, though, uh, you know, in missions, we're always looking for like the silver bullet that will, mm -hmm. you know, if we just did this, let's stop doing all this other silly stuff that's not effective. Let's do this. We, we, have, we have to be careful to not develop that mentality because I think it's going to be a lot of different streams all converging mm -hmm. as the Lord uses them. But people from other nations, they're going to have their challenges and learning curves and struggles, just like Americans do. We, you know, mm -hmm. we're all weak and you know there's some of their struggles may be different than our struggles so they may be strong in some way just like you were talking earlier they may be strong in some ways that we're weak in uh, so i think it's going to take the full body but i think to say well americans you know we're we're not going to hack it out there or anything like that then we'll let these other people do it i think that's a mistake really yeah i agree i think it's so hard Really for everybody, unless I'm trying to think, unless unless you can missiologically do it right. But it's like whatever you experience in church and discipleship and like whatever the way you experience it, like that's what you think it is. And then when you go to another country, it just isn't. And a buddy of mine said once, he said, if you ever plant a church overseas and you feel comfortable in that church, you have not planted an indigenous church. Like they're mm -hmm. going to worship differently. They're going to have different styles. It's all going to be within the realm of what the Bible says, but it's going to be yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable for you in some form or fashion. And so that's true for them. You know, where, wherever you're coming from, like you're like, oh well, this is how this is how church is done. You know, and you have a tendency to want to just go set up that exact same thing in the next culture, and it it just doesn't work, um, mm -hmm. or it doesn't work well. We'll say it that way. Yeah. Um, think about and I, I don't know the whole history but you know you look at like the the hudson taylor and and some of these people just that whole generation that went to china and and a lot of what they still i think hudson did a better job than most of uh making it more indigenous but i really think it was when when all the missionaries like you had that base and then all the missionaries got kicked out in in the early 1950s and then that's when God like really established an indigenous Chinese church, but they'd taken they'd taken those uh, foundations that had been laid. Mm -hmm. They took the scripture that had been translated. And so sometimes like even if even if someone goes from another nation and they they try to set up their nation's church there, but they're still laying those foundations of this is the Bible. And God'll God will take that and use that in interesting ways. So that was kind of a summary of of our people that we had on, and I'm really grateful that they all took some time to spend with us. Uh, mm -hmm. What, when we, like just wrapping up this topic, how do, how do you wrap it up? Is interest in missions growing, shrinking? It's a good question. And I'll give you a very Brad answer to this <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, in some, in some ways it's significant to, to really grapple with that. In some ways it's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a, the question that we could ask ourselves, does God want to use Americans to reach the nations? And I think we would both agree that the answer is yes. 
So if that's the case, we just need to, to be faithful and, mm -hmm. you know, there's some being strategic and, and putting our investment in, in good ways. Uh, but, you, you know, I think that God's certainly not done with Americans' involvement in the mm -hmm. nation. So if he, you know, if he wants to use us, we will trust him to call people, mm -hmm. whether it's as many people as we'd like, it's probably never going to be as many people as we'd like or not. God, I, I've really developed the conviction. God doesn't need tons of people. He just needs some people who are fully given to him. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I think back to my time overseas, lots of people came and went and, you know, who am I to say exactly what their impact was, but I can think of a few people who were there, were faithful, were fully given to the Lord, really invested in learning language, really invested in prayer. Boy, just some amazing fruit came out of their lives. And so I think God just needs people like that more mm -hmm. than he needs lots. Of, you know, he can't do it unless there's lots and lots of people that are, answer the call. I don't think that God's limited mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. That makes me think of like the story of Gideon or or several of these other Old Testament battles where God's like, ah, actually, that's that's too many. At the same time, man, I want to push for more. I was looking at these uh, the IMB to use a specific a specific mission organization. They had a booklet that I looked at that was kind of their their stats and stuff. And you know, the first one was that there's 157,000 people a day dying, you know, without the gospel. And and for them, they had about 3,650 missionaries. This is for 2021. They shared the gospel 592,000 times. Like that's pretty significant. Like that's a that's a good number. Out of that, they had 176,000 believers. They planted 22,744 churches, which, I mean, I mean that's pretty awesome. If you look at some of those, say the the 500,000, 592,000 shares, that's on the average 162 a year per missionary. Uh, the church, you know, I wish I'm sure if we took our church. If you took me, I don't think I shared the gospel 162 times last year. You look at the number of churches they planted, that's an average of 6.2 churches per, per missionary. Like, that's pretty cool. And it sounds really great, but but then when you take that 500,000 number of people that heard and you compare it to the seven point however many billion people in the world, it becomes quickly apparent that like this, and I think they're the biggest mission organization in the world. If not, they're close. You know, they're not going to get it done by themselves. They're going to need other mission organizations. And then if we took, I don't have the stats, but if we had the stats for all the American mission organizations, like we're not going to get it done by ourselves. Like God's going to use people from all nations to reach all nations. And one of the beauties when it happens overseas is when you get people from a variety of faith backgrounds and they all work together. They put aside their small differences and they work together for the glory of God and the benefit of his kingdom. It's a really, a really great thing. I think when we, when we look at this, we just, we cannot overemphasize how important prayer is. And every time I say that, I like shake my head because I also know how much I struggle in my own life to like have the kind of prayer life I would like to have have the kind of prayer life I think it, it would take. So what about our people listening to this? Uh, most of them, when I look at the statistics are here in America. So what, what do they do? What, what would you suggest they do coming out of this series, having listened to it? 
Yeah, I think there there are ways that we can all be mobilizing. You know, it doesn't you don't have to work for our organization and have the title student mobilizer or something like that. Honestly, the one of the greatest ways I've seen that people have mobilized is going. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, let's not let's not miss that. Um, so often, I will see. I mean, even here in the states, right? There's a campus in, in our our home state here that for a long time I've heard uh, your campus minister talking about. Boy, we really need to get someone at this campus, and uh, you know, just everybody was kind of settled where they were. No one was going, and so finally, there's a couple that's decided to go there. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they've got some staff that are going to join, and oh, they've got this. Or, you know, this this church wants to help, and and so mm-hmm. sometimes somebody just has to break the ground and go, and then they will bring. You know, people will want to come join them. Uh, mm-hmm. I can think of several of our partners that they are really good at that, and so mm-hmm. uh, you know, keeping that going uh, in front of you, I think that's sometimes the the best mobilization strategy. Uh, beyond that, you know, we all the relational piece of this. We all have people in our churches, younger people. You know, if you're a recent grad, there may be some college students around. If you're a college student, there may be some high school students around. Whoever it is, or young or freshman, and you're a senior. The kind of that missions mentor piece that you mentioned. Boy, if we could be doing that, that could have an incredible effect. That's going to have much more effect than some slideshow or or pamphlet that we could give them. Someone that cares about them, that's in their life, that's talking to them and sharing what's possible. So, uh, you know, I'll be about that, all keeping our eyes open to those people that we can be missions mentors for. I think those are a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, I don't know what what comes to your mind when you think about how, what our, how our audience could be getting involved. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. I think some of it just recognizing like God's calling me to this. Uh, and some of that we talk about like, what, what's the scriptural background for that? And of course, one of them that, that comes up is the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, you know, therefore pray fervently that the Lord will send out workers into his harvest. So you have the own, this ownership of it's the Lord's harvest. The Lord's going to send out the workers, um, but that praying fervently like what would it look like for me to pray fervently and what would it look like for me to invite some other people to pray fervently, fervently with me? Um, that's a, a piece I often miss. I think I grew up on Louis Lemoore's and the Lone Ranger and, you know, the, the Lone Cowboy. And so sometimes I tend to just want to do things myself and I don't do a good job of inviting other people to come along with me and do that. Mm-hmm. So you got that self-sufficient New Mexico rancher kind of blood. That's, in you, don't you? that's right. That's right. Blaze a trail, do it all by yourself. And it doesn't, it doesn't work out very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do blaze the trail, bring some other people with you. Uh, so I think that scriptural background. And then you, uh, what was the scripture that you had mentioned a minute ago? Yeah, I think Romans fifteen twenty. When I think about the, the added as mobilizers, as missions mentors, as you know, campus ministers, as church members, the there's an attitude that I think we really need to infuse in people, and that's captured in this Romans fifteen twenty. You know, it's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Yes, you know, we we need to think through. Is it a good fit for me? Would I be supported if I went? So on and so forth. But I think maybe the pendulum has swung a little bit too far that way in our day. 
And so there's, I think, a bit of a risk aversion or a um, you got to have all your ducks in a row. I mean, I talk, talk to students and they're like, well, I need to make sure my career is in a good place. And I've got a I found a, a future spouse first and my seminary's done and my whatever is taken care of. And that, you know, the team leader there is uh, has this Enneagram and likes to do this, and whatever, <laughs> you know, as this particular uh, philosophy. And again, I'm not saying you don't think about any of those things, but when you're going to, when you have a pioneering spirit, when you say, Hey, I'm going to go where Christ has not been preached. You're not, there's going to be unknowns. There's going to be things that you're not going to be able to pin down exactly how it's going to be. And so mm -hmm. I think ultimately we need to infuse in people uh, a trust now. Yeah. Have some wisdom and think of, think about how God's wired you and uh, all that kind of thing and how you might continue to get mentorship and help in that. But boy, I, I think it, it's just hard to move people to unknown and uncomfortable situations. And we've got to be as missions mobilizers, we've got to be casting vision for that. Mm -hmm, for sure. And the other thing with wanting to have all your ducks in a row, even if you get them lined up, the odds of them staying lined up are pretty slim. You know, like <laughs> that's right. Those ducks don't like to stay still. Yeah. They like to keep moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you went and you went and worked and had this, had this, had Ray as this great supervisor uh, but then at some point in time, something happens and he has to, he has to leave the field and then, you know, this happens or that happens. And so a trust in God supersedes a great plan every time. Yeah. I, I really believe the great commission will not be fulfilled uh, without just some risk, some willingness mm -hmm. to say, I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to follow his calling. So uh, yeah. we've got to keep that in front of us. Yeah. And I'm willing to obey Mm -hmm. A guy I was listening to last night, he said, obedience is our love language to God. My mm -hmm. God loves us with grace and mercy, and we can't really give grace and mercy back to God, but we can give as obedience. Mm -hmm. And so that's good. Yeah. So if we'll if we will live in that, it'll be good. I mean, that kind of wraps it up. Listeners, we appreciate you sticking with us. We value what you guys do. We value the relationships you have, the people you disciple. Uh, we value the prayers you pray for the nations. Uh, we could always use some prayers over here. If you uh, want to do that, or if you want to pray with us for the nations, um, or if you need some help, you can reach out to us and we're happy. Love to love to help you on that. What are some other ways they can be involved? Uh, we're, I mean, we're heading towards the end of the year. I'm not sure exactly when this podcast will come out here, but it'll be probably here in October. And so this is the time of year where we're praying and asking for the Lord's provision financially. Mm -hmm. And so that enables us to do that mobilization to travel. I mean, we're we're putting in the miles these days, going to campuses and things like that. And so, you know, supporting us in that way. Uh, I think it goes without saying that's a huge part of how people could be involved. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's true, like not just for us, but for like every, every missionary, you know, like if God, if a guy, if they're going to take the risk, they say, God's called me here. Think back to, I believe it was William Carey, you know, and he's like, I'll go down in the pits if you'll hold, hold the rope. And so mm -hmm. if God has us here, man, let's, let's be great rope holders. And sometimes that means maybe sacrificing some things. Uh, giving financially sometimes that means like really remembering them in, in your prayers and i know you guys do that and i encourage you to do some more um that's the way the kingdom of god works together mm -hmm. 
We appreciate you guys. Any parting shots for him, Brad? That's it. Thanks for listening. And we will, we're going to keep plowing forward and, and trying to bang the drum, get, go to the nation, support going to the nation. So we'll, uh, I look forward to what we have next on tap. Absolutely. We'll see you guys later. All right. See you later. Bye.